Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Good morning. Turn your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6 is where we're going to uh, read today. going to continue on in our series divine design and uh, so I need to get a number of scriptures if we could and uh, Vince is going to read Ephesians 6 7 need numbers of other people to read Dennis Genesis 1 5 uh, Mark Matthew 4 21 and 22 if you'll read there uh, moving down need some more Gary Basham Mark 1 17 uh, Ventura read uh, Genesis 2.15, Steve Brazell, Exodus 1.14, some other folks, got some more verses, Dwayne, Second uh, Chronicles 8.14, Mark, read De- Deuteronomy 10.12, Steve, Exodus 19.6, and got a few more, Steve, Hesedauer, Ephesians 6.5 and 6, and Mick Woodcock, Ephesians 6. Verse 7. Okay, we've been looking uh, for a couple of weeks now, divine design. We're looking at the issue of work. Uh, and uh, we've made the statement, work is one of the most important uh, areas of life simply because it takes so much time and attention. And so this is why work is, is uh, so important. We are dealing with a number of different issues we have in mind uh, there are people that they feel unspiritual uh, or even useless because of the issue of work. So we are going to be looking for a number of weeks, uh, gaining a Bible understanding about work from a number of different angles. So we've been looking at a number of negatives. Today we're going to look at the calling of work, and this begins to lay a foundation of God's uh, truth about work. So let's just get one verse. It's a launching scripture, Ephesians 6, verse 7. With goodwill, doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Okay, as unto the Lord and uh, not to men. So let's uh, begin. Let's talk about uh, the distortions of calling. So I used a word in the title, the calling of work. And so... We have to understand this this word in the Bible, to call, or the idea that we say calling. Very important that we uh, understand that. So, the word call, in the Bible, of course, it simply means to get someone's attention. And uh, that's its most basic idea. But then, as you begin to look through in the Bible, you begin to uh, understand that there has this idea of purpose. Genesis 1, verse 5. 
God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay, so in this sense, when you see that he called it day and called it night, we could say another word would be he named. He named it day or he named it uh, night. And the idea now is day and night, they have a function, they have a purpose. And this is connected with the idea of calling. We move into the New Testament. And the word calling or to call has another meaning now in the Greek, and that is invitation to a purpose. So let's look at a famous example in Matthew 4. 21 and 22. And he going from thence, he saw the two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And then he called them, and they straightway left the boat and their father and followed him. Okay, so here he says that he called them. Obviously it wasn't just saying hi, getting their attention. But in this sense, if you compare this with uh, Mark chapter 1, he called them, it was clear that he was calling them or inviting them to a purpose. Mark chapter 1, to become, uh, I'll make you to become fishers of men. So calling has the idea of purpose. So there's a problem. We're going to talk about the, the idea of calling and work. The difficulty is that there have been historically some distortions. And uh, in other words, false beliefs or when people think of the word calling, they actually can have wrong ideas about uh, what that means. And we're going to talk about how this uh, affects the idea of work. So let's talk about the Roman Catholic distortion, first of all. We are Protestants. We are not Catholics. And Martin Luther... Some 500 years ago, who was a Catholic priest, he he gained revelation from God uh, about uh, justification by faith, but uh, his eyes were open, and he began to examine Roman Catholic doctrine with the Bible and began to say that this is wrong, not not just about salvation in uh, uh, many ideas. So, one of the things that that uh, Martin Luther came against was in the idea of calling that in the Catholic mind, they elevated the spiritual, in other words, that which is connected to the church, and they lowered or denigrated the secular or things that were not connected to the church. So, In the Catholic uh, uh, understanding, they said there was a difference in spirituality between priest and people. So the, uh, the words that are used is the clergy. Somehow they were up here close to God. The, the laity or lay people, uh, that means non-priests or those that weren't nuns, then they were somehow at a lower level. And this was something that was taught. This was something that was uh, believed. So, in the Catholic idea of calling, always calling only referred to either priests or nuns. 
Someone who is called, you only had a call if that was connected to service in the church. Nobody else had this. Only priests, only nuns, or we could say monks as well. They were a part of that. Everybody else, all you had was work. And that didn't have anything to do with God. So there was a, a great uh, a difference. And so the idea was actually a, a lessening or a completely different level of spirituality. I'm going to put on the screen here. Here's a quote, Eusebius, uh, which if some of you are pregnant and you're looking for a name, there's an option. Uh, he was a third, uh, you could call him Sebes if you want. For If you're Aussie, you could just shorten it down. He was a third century historian. He argued that Christ gave two ways of life to his church. One is the perfect life. That's what you really should be. And the other is the permitted. The perfect life is spiritual. Dedicated to contemplation, reserved for priests, monks, and nuns. The permitted life is secular, meaning not part of the church. It's dedicated to action and involves tasks such as soldiering, Soldiering, governing, farming, trading, and raising families. Whereas those following the perfect life appear to die to the life of mortals and bear with them nothing but their body, and in mind and spirit have passed to heaven. That sounds powerful, doesn't it? Those following the more humble and more human permitted life, they have a kind of secondary grade of piety. Okay, this is very important because... This is an understanding that permeated society. It it moved uh, through. And the idea is, so understand here, the the really spiritual people are only those connected to the church. If you're not involved in full-time service, that is lower. So let me ask you, what kind of thinking, if you believe that, what kind of thinking will that produce or what kind of attitudes How will that affect you if you believe that somehow work, secular, outside the church, is a lower form of spirituality? Think about that. How would that affect you? Anybody have an idea about that? Wayne? You would think you're less important to God because others in the church that are of a higher piety, if you will, are closer to God. So it's how you view yourself, yes, that you feel that you are lesser. Dwayne? It would disconnect you from the work of the church. Why? Explain that. Well, if you think it's two separate levels of labor where one has value and one doesn't, okay. you, you might feel like it might separate you from that. Okay, that, that could be true, yep. Somebody else? Vince? Um, you don't put as much effort into the work? You just kind of go through the motions? Secular work, you yeah, mean? Yeah, secular work. So, yeah, if it's, if it's not really that important, then, of course, uh, it's hard to get excited about working. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to change your work uh, ethics, yes? Way too highly, almost like God, and they're not God. Okay, yeah, they would revere, and, of course, that's a Catholic distortion that, that, you, that you can only approach God through a, uh, through a man. Yep, David? So if I have a secular job, what's the point of putting forth any effort towards spirituality at all? Okay, that could be. So you're saying that... that let the, let the nuns and the priests do the, do the spiritual work. Okay, yeah, leave it to the priests. Leave it to 
Yep, those are involved in full-time work. Betty? Um, my father used to say, they understand the scripture much better than I ever could. And so they can make the rules and I'll just follow them. And I couldn't, I couldn't come to grips with that. It's like I am responsible to read the word, know the word, and be able to have a relationship with God, not because of what somebody else thinks. Okay. Yep. That's true. That's true. That could produce spiritual laziness then. Yep. No? I think uh, it would also cause people to uh, think themselves not held to as high a standard as those who are called. Okay. Yep. They're, they're not held to a higher standard. There's somehow a lower standard if you're just working. Yep. Go ahead, sis. Well, it would, I think it would make you kind of question the Bible because the Bible says God's no respecter of persons. So you think that they would so, question I mean, the Bible? Is sure. Why would you trust what God said if you saw that he obviously is a respecter of persons? He thinks more of this group than this group. Okay, that's true. And of, and of course, that uh, people who, you know, in the, in the Catholic tradition, they actually traditionally were discouraged from reading the scripture, right? They didn't know their Bible. Back at the back, Casey. Um, I think it would foster a resentment towards work because now your work is defining you as a lesser person and it would skew your view of God. God thinks of me as a lesser person as well. Okay, so it affects how you view you. It affects how you view God. One more, Twister. Where I was raised, where I was raised, it was all Catholics in that town and I knew all of them pretty well. The one thing I noticed about them is they tried to create their own value by owning the businesses. It okay. went the other way for them. I mean, all of them had, they all had the businesses in town. And it was okay. like they excelled because they probably couldn't be a priest, you know. So they decided, well, I'm going to be something okay. besides that. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. That could be true. Uh, there's there's uh, one, one that you didn't mention here, uh, I think. So... If, if you think that somehow working a job or working in the home uh, is less spiritual, one manifestation of that is you have people that feel driven to try to get into full-time ministry in the church who that's not what God actually wants you to do because you view it as a matter of worth. You see that? So that this, is, this would distort. I, I have to be. Uh, involved in in full-time ministry because I feel lesser. So this came out of, this bled through society, but this is a a Roman Catholic uh, distortion of the idea of work. So there's a very important word we're going to discuss, and that word is vocation. Vocation. In the the Catholic uh, understanding, vocation, that would be applied only to those in the clergy class or those involved in full-time church work. Those are the ones who are called. Everybody else, you just do what you can do in life. Okay, so that's the Catholic distortion. Let's talk about Protestant distortions then, about the idea of, of uh, calling. So how many of you have heard of the Protestant work ethic? You ever heard that term, Protestant work ethic? So part of that is very good. It, it, it means that... Uh, the idea that you work very hard, you're very diligent, you apply yourself in work and uh, business. So what Martin Luther did is he said, absolutely not, 
There shouldn't be, uh, he, he said, let's do away with all orders, which is nuns and priests. And uh, that is a, uh, that's a, an incorrect idea that somehow priests are more spiritual and that work is less spiritual. So that's good. Protestants laid hold on that. They said, yes. So the problem is, as Martin Luther himself said, is that people are like drunken peasants. They wind up falling off one side or the other. And that's true in, in the idea of truth. So the Protestants in the Protestant work ethic went the other way. And that is exalting work, which is good. Work hard, but removing God from, the, the, uh, uh, from work at all. In the Protestant work ethic, we have pointed out, it is very common uh, in society that certain professions are exalted and others are uh, less. So in the Protestant work ethic, people seek jobs, not only that pay well, but jobs that have power, jobs that have prestige. So the Protestants started what was called vocational schools. What's a vocational school? Anybody know? Dennis? You tend to learn a trade. You learn a trade instead of what? Instead of sitting in a classroom learning. Uh, in, yeah, instead of getting the, a degree, yes. Yes. Okay, so a vocational school was the idea that, uh, you know, there can be a lot of different reasons. You didn't have the money. You didn't have the, uh, the brains. Uh, and, and I went to vocational school, by the way. Uh, so, so then instead, go learn something practical. Go learn to be a mechanic or, or, or something else. And so, uh, so in, in this case, it is God has nothing to do with work. So work is very good. You need to work hard, find a trade, get a job, get something that pays well. Uh, hopefully, if you can, get a job that gives you some prestige or, or power. But in this, it separates. God has nothing to do with this. So if you believe that God has nothing to do with your work, what would that produce? Dishonesty. Okay. Yeah, that's true. There are people that they uh, can be very shifty in their work practices or their business practices. That's true. John? Work can become your God. Okay. We talked about that. In an extreme, you begin to make uh, your work uh, an idol. That's true. How else? What else would that produce? Debbie? It's the scripture that we forget that it was God who gave us the abilities to learn this vocation. Uh, Okay, that's true. It it was just because of my greatness that I was able to do this. God had nothing to do with it. Okay, yep, yep. So then we tend to, uh, it produces pride, doesn't it? I did this. This is wonderful. Mike? When you're in a job that you're not being supervised in, it could really produce laziness when you don't realize that God's watching you. Okay, if God has nothing to do with your job, if you don't have uh, uh, good supervision, yeah, it produces laziness, or it can in, in some people. That's, uh, that's true. 
And, uh, and then, of course, the idea, it would be the same. You feel less spiritual if God has nothing to do with this. And then, of course, you have people that they, uh, they feel driven. If, if in the Protestant work ethic, if there are jobs that have more worth, right? Which we talked about this. Parents talk about my son, the doctor, my daughter, the lawyer. We talk about certain trades and professions or or uh, uh, people, I, I think it's, personally, I think it's very odd when I meet someone and I ask a casual question about their children, that yeah, they're making 100,000 a year. It's like, okay, that's kind of personal information, isn't it? But, but this is worth. So the problem is, if you don't have a prestige or a high-paying job, then somehow your worth is less. So, to Catholics, vocation which means to call, that only applies to spiritual work. The Protestant uh, work ethic, it usually, as we said, vocational trade schools, those that would be applied to non-spiritual work. Okay, so let's talk then. Let's get a correct understanding. Let's talk about calling and work. So neither of those are correct. So let's get a Bible understanding about the idea of calling. So, first and foremost, every believer, we are called to God himself. Never mind the church preaching the gospel, any any other thing you can apply to calling. Every believer, we are called to God. That is the, the most important thing. Mark 1, 17. Then Jesus said unto them, follow me and I will make you become fishermen of men. Okay, so he's going to talk about purpose, about what they're going to do. That's a, that's a function or a role. But very important, first, what came first? Follow me, he said. Because that is all of us. I don't care what you do in life. Every one of us, we are called to God, that is our highest calling, to have relationship uh, with him and nothing else will, will substitute from that. So that is our calling, is we're called to God. But there are secondary callings or we could say other callings. Other callings have to do with purpose now. So your real purpose in life is to have relationship with God. If anything you do, is I, I, I don't have time to, for the things of God because I'm working so hard, then you've missed your calling. Or there are people, I'm so busy doing things for God, I don't have time to spend time with God. You've missed your calling because your calling is God. But then God calls, remember what the word means, he invites us to purpose. So we read in the Bible different statements. Paul says, I am called to be an apostle. He's talking now about his purpose in preaching the gospel and representing God in that way. The Bible says we are called, all of us are called to be saints. These are different terms and, and uh, I could have chosen a lot of this. Listen to this, a man named Os Guinness says, calling is the truth that God calls us to himself so decisively that everything we are, everything we do, 
and everything we have is invested with a special devotion and dynamism lived out in a response to his summons and service. Okay, that's a, that's a, a very important statement. So, God calls us to himself. So what this means then is everything we do then takes on a spiritual significance. It's not a matter, yeah, you're you're spiritual because you're a, a preacher, you're an evangelist. Absolutely not. Because you are called to God, everything takes on spiritual uh, uh, significance. Okay, so now let's get down to what does this have to do with work? The Bible tells us that God's calling for every person in one way or another, it involves work. Genesis two, fifteen. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. Okay, so... Genesis, we, we said last week, is the book of beginnings, its origins. And so you see things in there that they're actually a blueprint. They give us the plan of what every human being should be in some way. There are elements of that. So God creates human beings. Here he creates Adam. And then the Bible says... He gives him a charge that he's put in the Garden of Eden to tend and to keep. The word tend here in the original Hebrew is the word abad. Of course, it involves to work, to till, to labor. But listen to this. This word comes from a root which means to worship. Okay, so Adam, you're going to dig in the soil. You have a purpose now. But connected, tied in with the fact that he, he has to plan, that involves his brain. He has to labor, that involves his effort or his muscles. But involved in that idea is worship. So let's, let's take this word and let's examine it in a number of different scriptures. Exodus 1, 14. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar, in brick, and in all manner of service in the field. All their service in which they made them serve was with rigor. Okay, so now this is simply the hard work. They have the slave drivers of Egypt. And some of you say, yep, I work for him. And uh, and so here it is all manner of service. Same word that that God said you are going to tend... Abad in the Hebrew, now in in this verse, here is physical labor, it is called service. But now let's look at 2 Chronicles 8, 14. And according to the order of David his father, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service, the Levites for their duties, to praise and serve before the priests, as the duty of each day required, and the gatekeepers by their divisions by each gate. For so David, the man of God, had commanded. Okay, so now he's talking about the Levites who are involved in in temple worship. It is the exact same word that for them, some of them had to carry things when it was a tent and 
and they had to set it up. They had to uh, uh, gather the elements of the sacrifices and the oil and all the different things. And the Bible calls that exact same word, service. Adam is going to be digging in the ground. That is service. The slaves in Egypt are going to be working hard. That is service. The priests now, this is worship to God, and it is service. Exactly the same. Another scripture, Deuteronomy 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him? To serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Okay, it's the same word now. It's the word serve in English. It's the exact same word. So what is it, this scripture asks, what is it that God wants from you? So this is all about the heart, isn't it? This is not just simply, yeah, I could, I could put in a little time. Is that this is from the heart to walk in his ways. You're going to love him and serve the Lord, but it's the exact same word as Adam digging in the garden, as the slaves laboring in Egypt, as the priests. This involves your heart. This involves worship to God. So, what that tells us is that all forms of work are worship to God. I don't care what you do. If you take care of children, and uh, take care of your home. That is worship and service to God. If you are laboring on a job out in the hot sun, you're sitting behind a computer, whatever it is that you are doing, this then, in God's original intention, that is worship. It is not Look, I know you got to waste 40 hours a week when you could really be doing some spiritual work. Absolutely not. The Bible says you are worshiping, you are serving God in whatever you do in life. So what that tells us is that all human work is not simply a job. It is a calling. God is involved in this. We get our word vocation, vocational school, having to do with work or a trade. That word originally, vocare, means to call. It was God is involved in that. That is the revelation that Martin Luther got. He was a monk. He was a Catholic priest separated from the world. He's supposed to, in in the Catholic understanding, very spiritual He gets the understanding of salvation by faith, which is radical. We don't need a priest. We don't need the sacraments. It is faith that saves you. But there were numbers of other understandings, and one of those was the priesthood of all believers. That's what Martin Luther said. If we read the Bible we understand that it's not biblical that there are some people that are spiritual, they're priests, and then you you just got a job, you're not really that spiritual. He says, according to God's word, everyone, every born-again believer is a priest. This was based, he gained this understanding, first of all, from Exodus 19, verse 6. 
and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Okay, the children of Israel, Old Testament. Here are the Jews. They were uh, a, a visible picture of having relationship with God. You can read all the Old Testament because that applies to us, even if you're not a Jew, and, and the, the, the New Testament explains this. But here is God's understanding. I have called all of you to be a kingdom of priests. It's not just the priests who are in the tabernacle. He said, you're all supposed to be priests. And the, and the New Testament brings that out. Okay, Martin Luther declared that the plowboy and the milkmaid could do priestly work. In fact, their plowing and milking was priestly work. It wasn't just the priest. Man, he's really worshiping God. He's really in touch with God. He's really working for God. No, he's saying every job that you do in the home, for a boss, in your own business, he said that is uh, priestly work or literally worshiping and serving God. The priesthood of all believers, Martin Luther said, did not make everyone into church workers. Rather, it turned every work into a sacred calling. So that is a, that is a radical uh, understanding of work. So this is what Martin Luther came, and this is what we need to uh, uh, recapture, is that what we do in life, that is serving God and worshiping God. So work, according to God, is holy, and that he's very involved in it. Okay, if that is true... How does that change the work that we do in life? What difference is that going to make for you? Jenny Kern. Uh, now we're working to honor God, to bring honor and glory to his name. Okay, so that, that, actually, changes, that actually changes the purpose of the work, doesn't it? As opposed to what? If you didn't have that understanding to honor or glorify God, what is then the purpose of work? To please myself. To please yourself, that could be, that could be true, yeah. Okay, somebody else. Gary Basham. Uh, in in uh, the working and to, to worship God, uh, you know, I, I work for people and sometimes I miss, I don't always do this, but I missed a bid and I ended up working for like $20 a day for seven days the other day. And uh, that was intense for me to make myself follow through with that bid because I'm worshiping God. And the way that these people, I'm witnessing on the jobs too, you know. But that's not really what they're looking at. They're looking at, am I going to just walk off the job and say, hey, these people are, I, I missed it. These people are jerks. I'm, I'm just walking off and not doing it. But I'm honoring God and I'm worshiping Him. And I have to treat it like that because everybody's, actually watching uh, how I worship God, whether it's with work. And then the people honor me, actually. They pay, when I do what I'm supposed to be doing, I get double pay many times. They double okay. my pay at the end of the job. And they say, thank you for doing such a good job here and there. It's not all the time that I do that. but Okay. Sometimes. All right. So that has to do with testimony, well, Twister? Uh, Sandy and I, we always kind of look at this 
subject like, well, work, like when you work a job, you work as though, like, uh, work like for the Lord. Okay. Make it, have an attitude that he's our employer. And so, so how does that practically, that's true. Yes, God is your boss. So how does that affect how you work? Well, it affects, it, yeah, you work hard, but you, you, you get him to give you the wisdom you need, gives you the power to get wealth, you could say, uh, your salary, your income, whatever it is, and then you apply that to expand your, your, uh, your, your, your ministry, I guess you would say. Okay. Like our little program is so neat down there because we break horses, we train horses, but the people that own the horses, we get to talk to them, every one of them, about the Lord. Some of them leave, some of them listen. Some come stay for a while and work for us. And it's, it's just a, uh, the only reason that we ever expanded at all is because God did it for us. Yep. I tell everybody all the time, I'm not smart enough to do this, and I don't have the money to do this, but this place is paid for. And right. then they say, well, how'd you do that? Well, I'm a Christian. And I try to live by those values. What I learn at church, I apply it to our home. And it, okay. and it works out that, sure, we have problems. We have struggles with finances. But every time he pulls through, our faith just gets bigger. Okay. And it's, it's just a, I so don't know how you, to explain you packed, it. You packed a whole bunch of ideas in there. You packed testimony. You, you said that you, you asked God. To uh, uh, wisdom in your work. Yeah. That, that's an important thought. How many of you ask God for help in your work? Oh, you do. Very good. Okay. So that's, that's, that's important. So God has an opinion about our work. That's, that's yeah, true. And, and what it really does, it gives you the security that you can't get anywhere else. It has okay. to come from God. All right. Very good. Somebody over here. Ellie? You're either privileged to work for God or with God, you know, because we're called to do whatever he gives us to do, or we can have an attitude of slavery. Like when I was a Catholic, you just run through um, what you're, it's drudgery. So it's okay. All right. So you, some of you have mentioned hard work. So, so Ellie's saying it's, it, it affects your attitude towards work. Is there any of you that you ever go to work with a bad attitude? <laughs> <laughs> So, it, so if, but if you're worshiping, then that, that should have an impact. Vicki? I consider my work, I, I, my job, and the jobs that God has given us as a blessing. So I, I actually consider it a blessing in our lives. Something and that and God how gave does us. it bless you? How does your well, job bless you? It blesses us because, you know, it enables us to live, you know, to... to Make income to okay, you know, so it blesses you personally, financially, yeah, personally, and I also consider it a blessing, just because you know it's it brings a stability in our lives, and um, being able to witness and testify to people just by okay. being a good worker. Okay, that your work itself is a testimony. Yep, that's true, Mark. If your supervisor's in the room, you kind of tend to work harder be a little more diligent in what you're supposed to do, but it also gives you the ability to, like you said, go and ask uh, your supervisor, hey, how, how should I approach this? And so there's uh, many benefits to, to having God as your boss because you, okay. can, you can look at it in a different direction. 
Yep, yep, that's true. Steve Lynch. Um, I think it produces uh, excellence in your work and attitude and enjoying it. And uh, and we can be like David, who was in the field, recognizing that God would be watching us and he could promote us if we're doing excellent in our job, you know. Okay, all right, so excellence, then it has to do with uh, perhaps in your future. Daniel McCarty. Uh, gives me dignity and uh, self-worth. Okay. Because uh, I know I'm doing it for God, so I know what I do may be dull or unimportant to other people, but because I know I'm doing it for God, it, it, it gives me dignity. It brings dignity, yes. Yeah. Very good. That's very good. Okay, so in the impact of calling is, is, uh, of, is many of these ideas that you're already, already saying. So if this is true that what we do, if we are called to work and we are worshiping God and serving God through our work. So this, this has a number of practical benefits, of course. Number one, it changes who our boss is, as numbers of you have said. Ephesians 6, 5 and 6. Bond servants, be obedient to those who are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in sincerity of heart as to Christ, not with eye service as man pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Okay, I deliberately chose uh, this, I think, as the New Century Version. Instead of I service as men's pleasers, it says, not only while they are watching you. It's not just. Some people can work only when the boss is watching them. And as soon as they leave the room, then, then they, uh, they slack off. Uh, so uh, you must do what God wants. So think about this. This is ancient times. These are people who were slaves. They weren't actually getting money for this. So the original revival that broke out in the Roman Empire is a vast majority of converts. Many of them were, they were actually slaves. So how is it that you get dignity when they weren't even getting the money? There wasn't any of them who could brag and say, my son, the slave, right? It wasn't like... This had no honor in society. You got no financial benefit from this. But Paul still writes and says, you're not working for the master. You're working to please God. He is your boss. Ephesians 6, 7, which is our launching scripture today. With goodwill doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Okay, and, and I chose this translation again. With goodwill means wholeheartedly. That means when you work a job, you don't just do enough to not get fired. There are some of you, they know exactly how much they have to do so they don't lose their job and no more. But the Bible says you should work wholeheartedly. So this involves effort, this involves uh, attitude. So it changes not only who our boss is, it changes the purpose of our work. We work. We work. If you work in the home, if you work uh, behind a desk, you work outside, or whatever it might be, we work to please God. Yes, you may get to, uh, uh, your wages at the end of the week, and that may help you pay the bills and buy things and, and uh, further your life, but we actually work to please God and to worship God. So, 
work has eternal significance. So you're, you're not just making widgets. You're not just, not just uh, uh, fulfilling a quota. It actually, to God, has eternal significance. And then the third practical thing is that this means that God cares about our work. We'll look at this in numbers of different ways in the Bible. It's very interesting, as I mentioned to you last week, how much the subject of work is in the Bible. But think about this. Think about how many stories in the Bible when God or angels appeared to people while they're working. Right? The announcement of Jesus Christ. Who did the angels appear to? Shepherds. What were they doing? They are working a job. And you find that over and over again is God broke in on people. Actually, couldn't it have said, and the shepherds finally got away from their stinking, smelly job. And then when they went to the temple, the angel appeared. No, it appeared on the job. And that you find that over and over again because, <coughs> excuse me, God is letting us know that he cares about workers and he cares about our work. This is the real truth. Tomorrow morning when you get up and you go to work, the real truth is God goes to work with you. That's why how foolish it is is the boss isn't here so I can be lazy. But God goes to work with you. And he cares about our work. So that changes then our dignity, as some of you said. It changes our effort. It changes our attitude because we are worshiping God. We are pleasing God with our work. We'll talk in, in, a, in another lesson. Some people, the only reason why I go to work is so I can witness. If you can witness, that's tremendous, but that's not actually why you go to work. Your work itself is service and worship to God. Okay, let's open for some more questions or comments. John? What does God think about retirement? <laughs> that is, no, that is a very valid, that is a very valid question. How, do you understand that retirement is actually a fairly modern idea? So we are going to actually look at the issue of retirement. So that is, that, uh, that is important because isn't this, the mentality of the world is, I'll put in my time until I can finally get to where I don't have to do any work at all. Which I, I say, that attitude is not biblical. We will. We're, we're going to look at retirement. We're going to look at all kinds of things. We're going to look at work in the home. We're going to look at business, owning a business. What does God say about owning a business? What does he say about retirement? What does he say about all these different kinds of things? God really does care about our lives. So that is a very good question, John. But it's, it's a whole lesson in itself. Betty? When Bill and I came here, we only just came to get one step up so we could go and make more money. But God saved us here. So they said, Bill, if you stay in that job, you're never going to get a raise. And you know, they kept that for over 30 years. He never got a step increase. But he worked the job and was a good testimony on the job because he said, God afforded us that job so we could serve the living God here. This is where he called us. Yes. And so sometimes job and calling, 
we're called to a place, not just a job. Yes. And that job provides opportunity for us to serve God in a certain place. We'll never be starry. The money is nothing compared to what God has done. Yes, and, and that, is that not totally different than the world mentality? Why would you work a job that pays less money? Because in our society, money is everything. You do whatever you can to uh, get money. Yep. I was at a birthday party and I'm sitting there. They're asking me questions about myself and they asked me what church I went to and I told them. And this couple just kind of, he, he used to work at Superior and he had just, just knew the Potter's house as hard workers and also evangelical, which he kind of didn't like. And this couple actually said, oh my gosh, a Potter's house made it into my house, you know? And <laughs> I, <laughs> and his wife and him really liked me. They didn't know anything about me. They just invited me to a birthday party. And because of the work ethic of the people at Superior, I got to sit in these, this couple's house and witness to them. And they want me to come back. Wow. Wow. That's very good. So, so that means then anybody working at, at Superior who has worked hard, it was bigger than making conveyor belts. That had a, and that's, that's true in, in the eyes of God. That, very good. Very good comment, Rose. Casey, at the back, which just happens to be a representative of Superior. <laughs> <laughs> If you are looking for a conveyor belt, I know where you can get one. Go ahead, Casey. <laughs> um, it, it seems, in, in, in a strange way, God is very self-interested in, in providing good jobs for us because the kingdom is financed by people who work and pay their tithes and give. And he affords us these amazing opportunities to, and, and the dignity to be able to be a part of the kingdom because we work hard and we're remunerated for that. It seems yes. as though God... But I, I, in one sense, you don't understand, you know, God could provide anything he wanted to make the kingdom work. Why does he choose to do it this way? Yeah, so the finances in itself, that is, a, that is a, uh, a profound part of it, is God gives us the power to get wealth, the Bible says. And he does that for his purposes. That's, that provides always the balance in life, in in money, to keep money from being an idol. But really, he does care that you make money. In actual fact, if you think about in our city, the city of Prescott really should give Pastor Mitchell a plaque because he prayed these jobs in. <laughs> these jobs didn't used to exist. And uh, he prayed in, God, good jobs, solid jobs, jobs that pay well. And, uh, and that's because God does care. Yes, he really does care about our jobs, our finances, in all of these things. Back there. Go ahead. Here they got it. Something I tell my kids, they're in high school now, and so they're thinking about what's going to happen in the future, is you may not be called to preach the gospel, but you're called to use the brain that God gave you and the talent that God gave you in whatever avenue. And their, their job now is to pray that God gives them the guidance they need to fulfill that calling. Yes. Yes, absolutely, because he, he really does care. It is not healthy to think that your connection with God only comes when you step in the doors of the church. 
He literally cares about every area of our life. So this, this changes our job. Very good. Very good comments. We'll stop there. Service will start at 1030. God bless you. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website, vvph.org, and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.